The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to episode 132 of Fourth and John. I am Gail Saunders, your host here with Evan Hollywood Hearn. And we are unfortunately talking about the possible cancellation of college football. When you talk about college football, you're talking something that is woven into the fabric of America. You're talking about football is as American as apple pie. It's the game that brings families together whether it be friends, loved ones, alumni, homecoming games. People schedule their lives accordingly to college football. Some football purists might look at the college football game as players who are still playing for the love of it. While, you know, NFL guys get paid, you know, these college athletes aren't paid to play the game. I mean, they do get scholarships, but in the sense of being a paid football player, they are not And when you talk about the situation at hand, when they're putting their lives on the line, does this change the narrative? And it's amazing to see, we've been talking over the the last couple of weeks about living through history and going through certain parts of history where we might be without college football. And just recently, you know, the Big Ten, they're talking about maybe potentially moving to spring. You know, Pac-12 talking about uh, canceling for the fall season. The MAC conference uh, wrapped things up. UConn football decided they were one of the teams that first did it. The Ivy League suspended football. So we are in a moment where it's so interesting to think about NFL draft prospects, their opportunity to shine, their moment to put their, their, their product on the field in you know, wow, NFL teams at the next level. This is, and for being an NFL draft geek, this is like major news. Evan, did you ever think that we were going to get to this moment where they were going to cancel college football? Gail, I got to tell you, I am not shocked by the decision. I feel like, uh, you ever see Austin Powers? You remember the one scene with Will Ferrell where he's standing about 50 feet away from the steamroller and he Mm -hmm. sees it coming. He just sits there screaming the whole time, telling him to stop, stop, stop. I feel very similar to that. I feel like I saw it coming the entire time and it's still a dagger to the heart when it happens. Just to, you know, echo your your sentiment about how ingrained college football football itself really is in american society like we've talked about in previous episodes just what football really means 
to America, American people, just how Sundays is like a religious experience uh, for a lot of fans of the NFL. From the moment you wake up in the morning till, you know, you're setting your fantasy football lineups, you're hitting the tailgates, you're going to the games, you're going to the bars after the games to watch all the later games. And it's just an all day experience. And then people that are the true football junkies in this country, they do, they're doing that on Saturday too. They got their Saturday teams. And the people, like one of the things that makes college football truly so great is how far reaching it is. There's a lot of pockets in this country that they don't have an NFL team to represent their area. You look at Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, you look at, you know, middle of the country, places like Nebraska and South Dakota, where North Dakota, where, you know, both you got Wentz from, you got uh, Goddard from South Dakota, up in Montana. There's a, there's a big there's big parts of the country that really they don't have any NFL teams that represent them. And what these people get excited about every year is college football and just college sports in general. And so when you take that away from them, ah, man, I, I can see why people will be upset. But to circle back, I am not shocked that it happened. You have to weigh the fact that these children, I, I say children, that these men, <laughs> uh, they, they don't, they're not getting paid right now. And uh, if, if they ever had leverage to talk about why they should be paid, now's the time. They really like should, if, if there was ever a time for them to cash in and say that they deserve a paycheck, if they're going to go out there and earn revenue for a school, and some schools are even talking about, uh, I saw I saw Coach O of LSU mentioned how he expects to see 50,000 people in the stands. Yeah. Like, I think that there is still some real delusion going on as far as about like the severity of what's going on right now. And they yeah. like I think there's a lot of people that don't realize that's really not a possibility, not realistically. And yeah, I think I think a lot of places are scrambling. We're, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Nobody really knows what's going to happen as far as there's so many ripple effect factors with this, with the draft, everything, man. Needless to say, this doesn't bode well for the NFL season with college football being canceled. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot on the line, not just for like players, but like for individual cities that host, you know, a lot of fans that come in to watch these big rivalry games, like the whole idea of the rival week is such as uh, there's no Michigan, Michigan state. You can go on and on and on about the, the rivalries out there, Auburn versus USC Alabama. and Notre Dame. And yeah, you know, it just like these things aren't going to happen. I mean, you know, the Penn state whiteout games, these traditional, uh, these traditions that all these schools have it is the homecoming games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these longest running games that have been played over the history of, you know, forever, like, you know, could be could stop this this season. But at the end of the day, when you look at it from a human aspect, human life is more important. But there are football junkies who need their football and the college football players were actually out there kind of, say, you know, putting that message out there. We want to play. We want to play. We want to yeah. play. I mean, there's also that element of you know, some players who come from tough backgrounds saying that, you know, it's safer. It's actually safer for me to be on a college campus and away from my neighborhood. Or, you know, I started to think about that. I'm like, wow, that is kind of interesting. You know, they're, they're in an environment where they're they're protected and they're focused on football. And some of these players are actually and education like, as well. They're just take, they're just taken out of a bad environment and placed in a productive one. Yeah. So I, I just think, it again, we're living through history again and it's mm -hmm. it's definitely as a as an nfl draft guy like it really 
I would never, I would have never thought that we see something like are, this. Are you, are you mourning right now? Like, like, uh, I am, like bro. how big like, does it hurt, dude? Like, I, you are really the the fourth and John draft guru as far as like spotting out the guys that we're gonna be eyeing up. Like, how are you even gonna Gail Saunders? I say it right now. If you are able to pick who the Eagles are drafting next season without even watching a college football season, you're you're the guy, man. You're the uh, guy. I, I, I need, I need ammo to like. To, to give me the the knowledge here so it's going to be very interesting it also kind of kind of brings into the idea that the eagles know that they potentially weren't going to have a season college fall season they draft jalen hurts knowing these teams looking for quarterback play there's not going to be any there might not potentially be film on these wow. some of these players so wow. it, 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 is that is mr gail saunders did how he pulled this is how this he is something this this is something that I really never even considered. I'm be, I'm being completely honest with you. We we didn't talk about this at all earlier this week or anything. But now that you say that, if the Eagles draft a quarterback and spend this whole year develop, developing him in a professional setting, and then there doesn't end up being a college season, and these teams aren't able to gauge how good these college quarterbacks are. Why not trade for a guy who's been in a pro system and been developing this entire time? To me, that increases his value. It's it's so it's I don't know. It, it's something to think about, but I, I think uh I do think Jalen Hurts brings something to the table in his own respect with his athleticism and uh what he brings to the table in that that realm. But I think it's it's it, it's definitely interesting because you you're you talk, you're always talking about an Eagle team that's always forward thinking. So that's something something to think about. But um, it's just a, a def- definitely a different time. Again, each week we peel back the layer of this pandemic in the football-related yep. season. Uh, but you know, speaking of the uh, you know the COVID situation, uh, we got we got Lane Johnson back, which you know that's Thank God, yeah, that's huge. And that's huge for his health. It's huge for his family. It's huge for this football team and Carson Wentz. To have that that type Huge of for that uh, offensive line that's been yeah. going through some stuff, like you know, you, you don't you don't know how COVID's going to affect an individual. So for him to come back, um, how you feeling about that? I feel fantastic. I mean, that's a guy that truly is a core guy in this team. He is a locker room leader as well as a just complete seal. Uh, of an edge on the on that right side um you know car is, is a guy that has been with Carson his entire career so they have a good chemistry he's one of the top uh, right tackles in the league I mean there, there's nothing you can really say bad about the guy he's uh he's reliable and he's consistent and he's a guy that we need to have out there if we want to have you know consistent good play he's also the guy that's going to be helping out Jason Peters this year on that right side uh, so, you know, having a nice veteran guy, if you, if you end up putting, we, we, we had a whole show where we talked about placing Jason Peters between two potential hall of fame players and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So if you were to remove one of those hall of fame players and replace it with a, a you know, a, a developmental body that could really put a strain on Jason Peter and then create a, a weak link in the chain. Or you just put Jason Peters at right tackle. But we don't have we don't have that issue now. We don't have that issue right now. So that's great. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. I mean, Jordan <laughs> Jordan Melade is still uh, he's he's still on that list. Uh, Nathan Gary is actually off that list as well. So again, you know, yes. at least we are like uh, 
what, two for three right at the moment with uh, in terms yeah. of players. Now, the Eagles also, you know, they've had kind of a bad luck with, uh, you know, off offseason linebackers they bring to the fold um, not coming through. Uh, Jatavis Brown um, played with the Chargers. We, we thought he was a potential player that could give Schwartz something. He, he was talked about in his press conference, a speedy linebacker. Um, but he decided not to, uh, uh, you know, he started, decided to retire. Like he, right. he just – he actually fell out of love with the game. That was that was what was, was said. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wild to me. It really is. I mean, I, I have to think that there, uh, and maybe maybe this is just the way that my mind is working. I think there has to be some sort of extenuating factors as far as maybe COVID's involved some way, whether it be somewhat like him not wanting to risk someone in his family. Maybe he really did just lose uh, love for the game. But you know, I, I look at it as he was a guy that. I don't know whether he he wasn't going to be starting, but he was definitely a depth guy in a position that were really shallow. And, uh, you know, any guy that we have at that position is going to end up helping out because we need as much depth as possible. Linebacker is a position that is just perpetually ignored by the Eagles, um, you know, front office and just general defense. So, you know, losing him, it's, it's going to, we're going to feel it. But at the same time, it's not exactly a guy that if he if he doesn't have love for the game, what was he really going to bring? You know what I mean? If he if he doesn't have that juice, that fire, that passion anymore, and he's only going to bring twenty five percent of himself, you know. Yeah, I mean, but that, that that's actually music to the ears of uh, Davion Taylor, um, yep. who drafted in the third round, and Charles Bradley, who he drafted in later rounds. Uh, they also have uh, undrafted rookie Dante Olson. So I think you know that gives those guys uh, an opportunity um, to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was uh, really excited to see um, Davion Taylor, see him end up with the Eagles. I, I like his speed, his ability to get from sideline to sideline. Uh, it looks like a good tackler. I'm excited to see his development. I don't know. Like, it's kind ready. of a situation where I don't know if he's ready. That's the thing. But um, if it, it, it's the NFL. Like, is anyone ready for the season? Yeah. Sink or swim, man. Sink or swim. Yeah, the thing I think about, like, this season in terms of, uh with with the whole pandemic and the way that the you know the the rookies are actually getting ready for the season um it brings an interesting element to you know veterans like you want to have a veteran in a place um or on the field crucial instead of a rookie at this moment um where they're not getting the reps they're not getting the opportunities uh, within the the offense or the defense, like they would normally have in an off season, you, if you're looking at a player who gives you that um, expertise, like a a savvy veteran, that's that's why you might want to have a, a Jason Peters at right guard in these type of situations where you, you're learning on the fly and, and not um, getting now, all those you, reps. Do you say that in a? perspective of like a someone to teach younger people in the locker room or are you more saying that uh it's better to have a veteran player that like is familiar with the system i mean familiar with the system um because you look about you talk about stoutland uh you know jason peters knows that the offense by the back of his hand i mean obviously he's got to switch sides but he's going to pick that up pretty easy when you're having a rookie out there trying to learn everything and, and install the playbook actually mentally in his head, not just like 
going through these installs and like learning the plays on the fly, but not having a guy with experience <clears throat> in the system, it's it, it will work wonders for teams. So it could, it could stunt the growth of a lot of players across the league, you know, yeah. whether you might see a rookie start week one before and other seasons, you might not see a rookie start right away. Um, yeah. Because he's still learning. There's no, there's no preseason as well. So think, yeah. about, think about all the elements. All uh, of a sudden, like the game just matters. There's no, there's no easing into the season. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be definitely interesting, but if we do, I'm a, I'm always a when guy, but I have become an if guy when in terms yeah, of yeah. Now you you you've always been speaking into existence, guy. But now you feel a little it, iffy about it, man. But it's and it's not even like a negative. My, my, I always come from my gut. I always tell you what I'm, what's on my mind. And yeah, when I, in terms of the season, I, I really like. I think they're going to try, but there's a, definitely a lot of hurdles to jump. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's just look at the facts of the matter. I mean, um, you know, personally, uh, you're you're coming from a position where your your own company has told you that you're not going to be back until next year. And I think that there's a lot of companies across the country that are saying, you know, uh, 2021, spring of 2021, uh, summer of 2021, that's when they're going to start opening their doors to offices. So you got to consider sports and people crashing into one another and especially if they're not doing bubble cities like that's a lot of lie that's a lot more liability than just going to the copy machine and you know using your own little cubicle at work so you know what i mean like i think people are looking realistically at those sort of situations and being like man if i can't go back to the office until march you're gonna tell me that there's gonna be football in september october november i don't know about that it it also kind of makes you think about will play calling be changed like the huddle experience could the huddle experience change yeah but like like to me that seems so silly though because like if you can't huddle up why can you tackle each other like like tackling's part of the game but like wouldn't if you can tackle somebody why can't you stand next to them you know what i mean well the 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 huddle is actually you're in in, you're in you're in the huddle for a longer period of time they said the I football, the football plays like a bang bang play, and then you're up and like in a huddle, yeah, yeah. you're actually huddled up and you're all facing each other and breathing on each other. Yeah, on each other. Yeah. <laughs> so could could the the way that the, the game calling has been called in the past be changed? Uh, you know, yeah, not it, it, you know what, maybe, how maybe the plays they end up with a with a radio in each helmet instead of just one. Yeah, talk about, how many times like especially when you're a wide receiver, you're usually sometimes running in the plays sometimes like. That's a luxury, not having to be like get in the huddle, like run, like you could just be like, I'm just gonna line up. I got a, I got a mic in my head, and they're like, right, right, you know, run, yeah, I mean, run Philly t- special. <laughs> Take all the precaution precautions possible, but um, ultimately, if like the, the real thing that everybody is aware of and nobody really wants to talk about is if people start, if cases start popping up left and right. And it's a significant portion of a roster ends up getting it. And then like you look at things like how uh, the Miami Marlins for like a couple weeks, they they couldn't play games because uh, like uh, half of their roster ended up uh, contracting COVID. And if things like that are going on, like I don't understand logistically how this season is supposed to happen. Like, are, are they supposed to postpone the postseason? So teams that missed regular season games end up making those up because they're not going to be able like, 
like football can't do a double header in the same sense that baseball can. You can't have a back to back football game. Those guys are going to die. So it's just <laughs> for real. Like it's it's just not a, a plausible thing. You have to give those guys rest. You look at situations where guys they play on Sunday and then they have to turn around and go have a game on Thursday. Like even even that stretch is sometimes like weighs on players, and you, you can't really expect a team to fully perform on that Thursday. You, you like you can't do that in football. Yeah, uh, another play that I don't. Another player that I don't expect to fully perform in 2020 is, uh, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we talk about teams in the NFC East and the Washington football team is dealing with another uh, kind of scandal. I guess you, you could say Darius Geis, a guy that they picked to be, you know, their, their, their next star running back whose, whose career has, is almost over before it started, uh, depending on if he gets picked up. But it was released by the, the Washington football team. Uh, he, it was reported that he strangled his girlfriend uh, till she was unconscious. Um, and it, she was um, – it was a situation where, you know, it was, you know, it was a couple altercations and she was documenting whether it was bruises or – I guess she lost a, 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 thumb, a thumbnail or, from being pushed yeah. down. And you you look at you look at uh, the opportunity that the Eagles brought him in and had a had an interview with him pre-draft yeah. and they were like totally out on him and everyone was like yeah. why would you pass on him and his I believe his father was um, killed and then his brother was locked up and and he he's you know it's just it's crazy to see that he's following uh, a footstep and he's he's you know he got he turned himself in last week. Yeah, um, yep. and they're dealing with another scandal. So you, you look at that. You look at even with the Giants, that situation with DeAndre Baker, and it's just like there, there's zero tolerance, and there should be zero tolerance for that sort of thing going on. I mean, regardless of how good a player is, and like Darius guys, he's he's had he's not really much of a career to begin with. He he had a slow injuries. start with injuries and stuff like that. Um, you know, he just just plagued by injuries, and now this like it's it's not worth it for a team uh, to to try and even touch that sort of situation. And you know, I I really like when the NFL uh, truly stands behind their word and has a zero tolerance policy as far as these whole domestic violence allegations. I mean, as as far as um, th- there's no excuse for it, man. There's no excuse for it. You should ne- you should never be putting your hands on a woman ever. Zero excuse, and if it happens, and you're guilty of it, you should never have a job in the NFL. Period. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something like it, you when you follow the draft, you look at these like pros and cons, and like you know, red flags, and it's interesting to see that you know these are these were red flags with whatever you know DeAndre Baker. I remember, yeah. to, I remember Tony Pauline actually talking about DeAndre Baker and how teams were like you know moving away from his situation and the type of player he was he ended up right. got he ended up getting drafted in the first round and like you got arrested for what like uh robbery armed robbery it's like really man? yeah um, yeah like you got a million dollar contract you're out here pulling guns on people I'm like and then uh, like it, i mean not just him but like even going back like aaron hernandez thought like his draft stock fell because of like the right the right sometimes the writing is there and uh teams take a flyer on someone and it's just if if I'm a football team with like uh, with those type of morale guys and that kind of smoke 
is is following them around. It's not worth going going after them. There's other players out there. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like hopefully, uh, you know, so far, I mean, so far we you know we haven't really had that many uh, crazy situations like that. I remember what was the corner that we brought in from? Um, it was a Philadelphia native. And they found him on the side of the road. Oh, um, from yeah, the Panthers. I, I forget his name. Yeah, I know you talk about. I remember the story. Yeah, that was that was interesting. But um, in terms of environment, I, I'm, I'm glad the Eagles. Uh, you know, CB1 Darius Slay was saying that he 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 appreciated uh, the the new environment and just thinking about how the the players were treated. And that they could be themselves. He recently talked about the environment, how much he was, you know, enjoying himself. And this, this kind of goes back to the whole idea of like having fun. I mean, are yeah. the Eagles players having fun? Because he was he was underneath Patricia. I was, was just about to go Belichick. there. Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see exactly where you're going with that. I see, like, you know, uh, Lane Johnson was the one who had ma- made that little subtle shot before about the New England Patriots. And it was after a conversation, I believe, with Chris Long that he derived that that information. But, yeah, dude, it's it's just I, I think that Darius Slay is happy to be in a new situation, wearing new colors under a new regime. I, I really think that Doug Peterson, I'm glad – like, he – is a ballsy guy. He he takes some risks that maybe sometimes he shouldn't take, but ultimately he's a great players coach and players love playing for him. You look at Bill Belichick and maybe it's a guy that you don't like, but you respect the hell out of him because of his resume. What yeah. really, aside from working for Bill Belichick, has Matt Patricia really done? Yeah, I, I think maybe he's a, ref- a few wing eating contests. I don't know. I mean, Darius Slay was very, very vocal online about his, his time in Detroit with, um, Matt Patricia and the way that he was, you know, how they were uh, pretty much exposed and people knew exactly what they were doing. Um, so it's just, I'm just excited just to have a corner, a CB1, excited to be in an environment where he can flourish uh, and, and be with Schwartz, who knows his game uh, and yeah. they, they utilize him properly. Because um, mm-hmm. CB, having a CB1 in Philly is, is such a godsend uh, for me. But if we're talking about CB1s, we could talk about maybe a CB three, potentially a CB two, and uh, Sidney Jones. Recently, there was an article uh, by uh, Mike K of uh, NJ.com. It was a very interesting yes. article in a sense of it was talking about the development of Sidney Jones and where he was at in his career versus where he was in the start. I, obviously, we know he was dealing with the the multiple injuries, the soft tissue injuries. But it, yeah. the, the article basically alluded to how his uh, mental preparation, whether it was, um, you know, he I definitely he's found uh, the Lord. He's he's actually found a wife. Uh, so he, he's also being um, trained by, I believe, Ronnie Braxton, who's uh, yes. definitely be, uh, being a big part of the new Sidney Jones that we're hoping to see. Uh, and is, yeah. is that exciting to hear that there's a potential uh, Sidney Jones uh, well, star emerging, maybe? Yeah, to be, to be honest with you, man, when, when Sidney Jones uh, first got drafted by the Eagles, I was super hype. I really thought um, he was the premier cornerback coming into that draft. Uh, he was regarded as such, and I thought he was worth taking the risk even with the injury because I think 
I thought that like we were getting a first round talent uh, it, with second round value. And, you know, man, it was it was a slow start and it's hard to come back from those injuries. But like as far as and I think he's been viewed uh, in these previous seasons, especially in his tackling as he's kind of like a soft player. And uh, that's that's kind of how he's been perceived. And what, one thing that I took away from that article that Michael K. wrote is just uh, the, the one quote that he said. He just says, it pisses me off. I put a lot of bad stuff on film. That's not who I am. It takes me back to a dark place and it fuels me. Like that type of mentality, that's what got me excited right there, Sidney Jones. Like that is what I've, that's the type of uh, tenacity I've been wanting to see out of him um, th- his entire career. And if he can, you know, it's, it's not exactly like he is in a position right now where he needs to be the guy at corner. We brought in a Darius Slay who can be the lockdown CB1. So if you can hold on, and uh, produce in a CB2 or even CB3 role, like that would be so huge for the secondary, especially when we just got done talking about how depleted this linebacking core is. We've got, we've got two good levels of our defense, but that middle level, the linebacker level, it's lacking, man. And so we need these other, we need the defensive line and we need the secondary to really step up to make up for that uh, deficiency in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's all about having quality depth and uh, I feel like, just going back to a situation where I was at the Eagles Autism Challenge and um, I was actually walking the event. Um, and who in front of me is Sidney uh, <laughs> Jones and his, uh, his, his future wife. Um, and it was like, it was almost like kind of like a, a symbolism, like, uh, you know, he, he was just like lost in the crowd. Like nobody even realized that we were walking. Who he was? Well, did any realize we were walking with Sidney Jones? And yeah. it was like, he was just kind of like lost in the sauce. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, is it, is it time that he emerges? Uh, there was one part where they, they in the article, they, they were talking about how he, they had examined his like legs and they were, one was like a little bit more developed than the other. And uh, yeah. they've changed some uh, things with his diet. Obviously, uh, we all like sugar. He's a big candy addict. As a as a fat man, I could speak from experience, Gail, that breaking the sugar habit is not an easy one to break, man. That is, that is the toughest one. Yeah, I feel like that's but that's the kind of uh, preparation that, you know, whether it, that's what it takes to get to the next level. I, I remember Doug Peterson talking about the mental prep and getting his body ready. That was something that Doug Peterson had, had mentioned that he had to start taking his preparation seriously for his body. Right um, to you know you know these all these soft soft tissue injuries that he was dealing with the hamstrings and and whatnot. So I think yeah. you know if 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 it's anything to shine a light on and be positive about, hopefully Sidney Jones emerges as a player that we thought he might be. Yeah, I think that he's at least saying the right things now. He's he's talking the um, the cornerback the secondary talk the swag that they all kind of try to have now we just need to see it show up on game day man we need him to actually follow through walk the walk with it yeah now is there anything you wanted to uh leave the the fans with before we get out of here it don't look good folks (laughs) It, it, it don't look good i'm being real with you college football being canceled man this stinks this stinks out loud I mean, I know, I know you're gonna miss your temple, uh, temple football, Damn, man. You know, Te- temple owls. I'm not gonna. Maybe one one thing that is a, is a benefit for temple is that uh, 
if we end up we ended up having a good season, our head coach would end up getting swiped from us from a bigger organization anyway. So maybe it's one more one more season we get to hold on to a good coach. Yeah, yeah. And, and if there's anything I can leave with with everyone, it's just uh, again checking in with your peoples. Uh, it, it's a it's a common theme I've been seeing amongst friends recently. Uh, just checking in with people. I think it's a it's an opportunity to just make sure your people are good. Uh, you know. There's there's things that we have, have come accustomed to, whether, you know, it's football on Saturdays and Sundays or like our, our, our daily routines. Things have changed a little bit. So, you know, some people are not handling it well. Um, yeah. So always to quote, quote the uh, great philosopher Marshawn Lynch, you know, you know, take care of your mentals and, and take care of your chickens. Yes. Uh, but we will see you guys in the next one. And as always. Fly, Eagles, fly. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.